All right, my name is Neil. This is my wife, Gina. She's right here. She did not want me to do that, and I did it anyways. Why? Because I have the microphone. So let's do this uh, for just a second. Everybody take your phones out. I want you to go to your timer app, and I want you to set it to 30 minutes, and I want you to hit go. 30 minutes. I don't care what sound it is. If it's playing something by... What is a Post Malone anyways? Inside jokes, everybody. What is a Post Malone? I may tell you that. Later on, if we got enough time, if I don't go over on time, we'll, we'll talk about that. All right, you guys ready? Did you get you, everybody set your phones. I need them all to go off. I don't, have a, I don't have my timer going on my phone or this, and if without that, I'll talk for two hours. I'll run out of stuff to say in 31 minutes. That's the sound you want, yes. Everybody set theirs? It's go time. Go. All right. Hey, guys, my name's Neil. Let me talk to you for a minute. All right, so in all seriousness, let me do this. Let me get your attention for just a second because we're going to do something tonight that is dangerous. And Justin Free and Emily were brave enough to do this, and they already did it, and a lot of you know what happened. If you follow them on Instagram, and you definitely should, on Instagram they asked a question. And I don't know, how many people, how many people responded? Four? No, it was like 400. There were a lot of people that responded. I don't really honestly know. How much? Okay, over 30 of you responded, and we have answers, uh, questions, and we asked this simple question, what does the Bible say about blank? Now, here's why I'm going to talk about this, and here's why tonight is dangerous, because I'm going to tell you the truth. Uh, this may be the last time you ever see me. I'm a, I might be in a shipping container somewhere after this is all said and done. Here's why I'm going to do this, all right? I just want to, I want, to, I want to identify with you for just one second. Listen, there is so much noise and confusion around where the answers are, and I understand where you're living day in and day out. Who do I vote for? Where do I, where do I get this stuff? Who do I hang out with? What am I allowed to post? What am I not allowed to post? What, where, how do I measure things up? Is this a performance trap? Is this not? You have so many questions, and I want to apologize, not, not on behalf of Elevation, but the church globally the church has not showed up and answered the questions that you have, and they haven't told you the truth. So here's why. And I'm going to tell you this briefly, and then I'm going to, I'm going to help you. My role tonight is I want to guide you through, and I promise you, we have sat down with, I don't know. I mean, I'm not a licensed counselor. Amir is. These pastors here, they know what they're talking about. They will sit down and talk to you. But we have, over the years, I don't know how many hundreds, I'm going to say hundreds of thousands. That's not real. That's not real sat down with people who sit across from you and they have questions and we have helped guide them through something that I'm going to show you how to do tonight. If you will do this one thing that I will show you, not only will you have the answers that you were looking for, you will be smarter than every person in every room that you walk into because you will know the truth. You won't just have an answer. Do you hear me on that? Because most of our generation, I'm one of you, right? Most of our generation... That's not funny. A lot of us, are we are looking for answers, and where do we look? Does Google, does Safari have the answer that you need? They have an answer. Do they have the truth? No. Do you know what the biggest deterrent, the biggest threat to the elections that are coming up? It's not people not going out and voting. It's not having bad candidates. It's none of that. It is having misinformation that spreads faster than the truth does, and no one knows what to believe. Why? Because we don't fact check things. We see something on social media, you're like, wow, that's crazy. I didn't know that, and we repost it. 
So we are only just, this cycle just keeps going and going and going. Do you guys know, do you know what a deep fake is? Everybody know what a deep fake is? Deep fakes are, it's an app. There's some programs that do it. It's very fast. It'll shock you. There's so many, I can't go into all this. They basically can superimpose a face on top of anybody and they can manipulate their voice. And basically what happens is you will watch a video of someone that is not real. They will look real. They will sound real. And people will see them doing something. So let me just give you an example. And I'm not making a political statement on this, okay? Please don't, please don't tweet this out right now. But so Nancy Pelosi, there was a video that came out. This is about last year. Nancy Pelosi looked like she was drunk. She was at a, uh, a, big, uh, like a big event. She's behind the podium, and she is tipsy, and she's angry, and she starts yelling about something. The amount of retweets, the amount of reposts that this thing got, including our president, and I'm not saying anything bad. I'm just saying including our president reposted this, and it is not real. It was faked, and it happens every single day. This is why, okay, listen, Mayor uh, Michael Bloomberg, I don't know why I'm going off this. I, just, I need to build a case here. Do you understand me? Michael Bloomberg has paid more money. Do you know that he hired the Fire Festival team to promote his campaign? Why did he do that? Because they made memes. They made memes for his campaign because Facebook's algorithm, Instagram's algorithm does not catch a meme, but it, ca it catches a political ad. And so they've made memes that are actually promoting him. And he pays, he's paying them almost a billion dollars to do it. Why? Because it hits your stream and it's, it's hitting what you think is just your feed. Is it true? No. Is it advertising? Yes. Are we falling for it? Yes. I'm going to show you how to get the truth. All right? I'm going to show you why the church has been absent really, really briefly. Man, we just jumped straight into this, okay? And that's good. Here we go. There was a guy. Uh, this is back in, so 1976 to 1997, there's a pastor, a Methodist minister in Johannesburg, South Africa. He's right there during the middle of apartheid. It is terrible. He's a Methodist minister. He's basically horrified that the church doesn't step up and do something. You ever see these moments like, literally like you go to Rwanda, and I know some of you guys have probably been on those trips. You go and you see genocide happen, and you're like, why did people not do anything during this? Because you didn't know what was going on. The real answer is fear. This is what he said. During the, the height of apartheid, 1997, things are terrible. Here's basically what he said. He said, most clergy, that means pastors, black and white, didn't matter what race, some feared the authorities, Others feared their own congregations. Most were silent. Why was the church quiet? Because they were afraid. Maybe, I don't know. Am I afraid? No, I'm not really afraid to say this. But I'm going to tell you the truth tonight about some things that you guys want answers on. And you may not have ever heard this before. But I'm going to tell you the truth. And here's the thing. On the flip side of it, there is grace. Every time... G Listen, every time that Jesus got together, why is it that sinners could not wait to be around him? They flocked him by the thousands, and they liked him, but they hated these religious people. Why? Because he was so authentic. He told them the truth, and he loved them where they're at, and they were like, I want more of that. That's what we need more of. I'm going to tell you the truth tonight. I'm going to give you a couple examples first. We'll just prime the pump a little bit. And then I'm going to go through as many of your questions as possible. If you haven't asked a question, you still have time to. You will think of questions in the middle of this. Go ask them. Go to Elevations. What, what are we at? What are, 
That's great. Uh, elevation underscore CWY. A lot of, there's a forward slash colon and an apostrophe and upside down. Uh, go there and ask a question. Here's what I will promise you. We will answer every single one of them. I may not be able to do it here on the stage. You don't have enough time, but we will answer you. And we'll tell you the truth. Ask anything you want. We will do our very best to answer it, okay? All right, I'm going to prime the pump. Here's what I, I absolutely know is happening. Mainstream media, pop culture, and the news are hitting your feed every single day. So what we're going to do is I'm going to look at the feed that has happened in the past 48 to 72 hours, and I'm going to answer questions about what just happened and say, what does the Bible say about that? The difference is we look for answers. And like I said before, what do we really need? We need the truth. There's only one place on planet Earth that you can go get the truth. Where is that? It's the Bible. Why? It's infallible. It has never changed. It will never change. It is alive. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. It cuts between soul and spirit. It cuts everything down, and it says, this is the truth. And God loves you so much, he's going to tell you. Some of the things that I'm going to say may hurt your feelings. Don't get caught up in your feels, okay? Let's not do that. Don't be offended. Just ask yourself, why is this what the Bible says? Because we love you too much to let you believe a lie for any longer. We love you guys. So I'm going to do it. You ready? First one, and I'm going to just, we're, we're going to go right in here, and I just skipped through a bunch of different things. All right. Um, this one seems a little bit odd, but what does the Bible say about TikTok? Huh. 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 Have you guys heard that? Like, hey, Pastor, are you on TikTok? Yes, I am. I haven't posted a single thing, but I watch a lot. All right. This is what happened in the last 48 hours. This is basically what happened. The Reddit CEO, you guys need to know this. The Reddit CEO, he was at Social 2030 Conference. His name is Steve Huffman. I don't know how many of you guys are on Reddit. It's a dumpster fire, and it's amazing. Just stay away, okay? Just stay away. This is what happens. He basically comes out and says, and here is his quote about TikTok. This is like, this is the equivalent of a Kardashian saying, who even gets on Snapchat anymore? And them losing $2 billion in less than 24 hours because she's on Instagram. This is the equivalent of that. In the tech world, he is one of the kings. And he has a weird looking microphone or a growth on the left side of his face. Okay. He says this, he goes, I look at that app, he says, I look at TikTok as fundamentally parasitic. It is a parasite, and here's why. It's always listening. The fingerprint technology that they use is truly terrifying. What is he talking about? Oh, gosh, you guys, I'm going to geek out. All right, within the next half hour, the United States Army not only reposts that, but they put out an official... Like, it's a news bulletin, and they agree 100%. They view TikTok as a cyber threat. Why? Where did TikTok come from? Who owned it originally? Oh, my gosh. I thought I would get you guys. I thought anybody. Musical.ly. Musical.ly was the original app. Oh, there it is. Right, because this is what happens. Any news channel goes, the, the lyric, so, the song, the sing-along app, TikTok, you're like, idiots, what are you talking about? It's not that anymore, but it was owned by Musical.ly, which is from China. Why does the U.S. Army see it as a threat? Could they be tracking you? Why did this guy, the CEO of Reddit, say this is a fundamentally parasitic app? Ready? Oh, it's going to get even better. TikTok has to clap back, right? They have to. You have to respond to this. Here's what they say. Yes, 
We collect your IP address, your mobile carrier, your unique device identifiers, your keystroke patterns, your location data, along with, quote, other data. Huh. Is it parasitic? I wonder. All right. Hey, also, just, and this is really, really important. You guys got to get this. This is where the church gets it wrong. Please listen to this. This is where the church gets it wrong. What does the church do? And I'm, I wish I was lying. I'm embarrassed as a pastor to tell you, but there is a church who developed an app that is not called TikTok. It's called God Talk. It immediately got pulled down off of the app store, but it did make it out there for a little while. They made some videos about it. We ruin everything, okay? This is why we can't have nice things. That's what the church did in response. Now, I'm going to go on a little bit further here, okay? Now, that's just TikTok. What does the Bible say about TikTok? Well, let's, d- let's deep dive a little bit more, and I'm not, I'm not, it's not a bait and switch. I'm going to answer that. What does the Bible say about it? However, you've got to know in the last 48 hours, the Pope, and we're talking about Catholicism, right? Anybody? Okay, we're not. This is a Christian church, right? I just want you to know. That's, I just want to clarify that. The Pope actually came out and said, for Lent, I want everyone to stop trolling. What does the Bible say about this? First of all, let's just pause. Let's put a pin in this for just a second and leave that up there. Thank you, Pope Francis. Here's what he is saying for Lent. And you guys may or may not know what Lent is. Lent is 46 days long. It's prior to Easter. It's what the Catholics do. They fast. They fast for 46 days because they mirror what Jesus did in the, in the New Testament when he went out in the wilderness and he fasted and prayed and the devil tempted him. Why are there six extra days? Why is it not 40? Because what they do is they break the fast every Sunday so they can eat whatever they were fasting and then they jump right back into it. So it's 46 days. We can go into the history of it. It basically means spring season. That's the old English word for it. That's what Lent actually means. This is what Catholics do. My wife was raised Catholic. How many, did you have to give something up for Lent? Yeah, every year. Okay. So he is saying, fast this for a while. Listen to what Pope Francis says about trolling. This is, the, this is one of the greatest things I've ever heard. He says, we are inundated with empty words, with advertisements, with subtle messages. We become used to hearing everything about everyone, and we risk slipping into a worldly, worldliness that atrophies our hearts. Interesting. So you've got the CEO of Reddit saying that this is parasitic. You've got this guy that's saying it's actually going to attack your heart. It's going to atrophy your heart. Your heart will become hardened, and God doesn't want that. He wants access to it. So I'm going to read through three different scriptures really quick about what does the Bible say about TikTok. I'm not going where you think I'm going. Proverbs 13:20. Become wise by walking with the wise. Hang out with fools and watch your life fall to pieces. Are you foolish for watching it, or are the fools on TikTok the ones that are foolish? You draw your own conclusion. But here's the thing. Who you hang out with is who you become. Are you hanging out with those people? You don't even know who those jokers are. But you're hanging out with them every single day. I'm not talking bad about TikTok. Listen. This is amoral. This has no conscience. It has no power over you. All it does is magnify what is going on inside of your heart, and you have the decision to make to go whatever direction you want to go. Is this thing bad? No. What we do with it can become an idol. So don't idolize this thing. What is an idol? We don't, we don't really, that didn't break. We do not realize what we have done. Let me ask you this. You re- I'm gonna go, I'll go to screen time. Let me get through scriptures. I'm sorry, guys, in the back. Good luck keeping up with this. 1 Corinthians 15, Do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. 
if you were a person of good character and you were watching a bunch of dingleberries on TikTok every day, okay, dingleberries, that's something your uncle would have said or something like that. Like, hey, Uncle Jim, that's weird. 1 Corinthians 10, 13. So you guys know I got an Uncle Jim. No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind, and God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. Please leave that scripture up there. You're going, wait a minute, you're telling me that TikTok is a temptation? Anything that takes your attention and focus away from God. So here's, here's what I really want to ask you. Are you spending as much time with God as you are on TikTok? I'm done. So if you aren't, that's what the Bible calls idolatry. You are putting something above God, and you're spent. Is there anything wrong with it? No. If you want to outmatch your relationship with God for what you're spending on TikTok, go right ahead. Watch it all you want. You probably need to be in the Word a lot. So here's what I'm asking you. With this scripture, when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. You're saying, how's he going to provide with someone to call me when I'm on TikTok? They're like, oh, that's right, I've been in here too long. Listen, we're not idiots. God has already provided a way out, and it's called a screen time reminder. Lock yourself out after an hour and tell yourself, I'm done. You can set that up before you ever get into it. You need a reminder. You get lost in that thing. Now, listen, if I want to go there, I'll go there. I'll do it. We're at 21 minutes. Listen, 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 listen. Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, TikTok, why are every single one of them an infinite scroll? You do realize there's a pattern between all four of those. Why are they? What is it patterned after? I'll tell you. It's patterned after Las Vegas. App developers, app, app developers realize that in Las Vegas, people sit there and pull a slot machine lever because there is an infinite scroll and there is something about human nature. Oh, sevens. I'm going to hit that button again. I'll pull that again. We are wired the exact same way. We get a dopamine hit when we just infinite scroll. Why? You will never get to the end of it. You'll never get to the end of it. If you don't think that they know what your tendencies are, you have been lied to. Here's why. You're about to get out of the app, and as soon as you are ready to close it, something else pops up. You're like, oh, sweet, didn't see that. Why? They know when you're going to exit the app based off of the movement of the app itself. You think they can't track that? They absolutely can. So they're watching what you do. So as soon as it's time to get out and you're going to exit that, do they want you to go to another one? No. What do they do? Hit you again. Hit me again. Hit me again. The world is trying to lie to you and tell you that that is more important than your relationship with God. And I'm asking you, don't believe the lie. Is there something inherently wrong with TikTok? Not if your relationship with God has more time, more energy, more focus than that. No, it's fine. But what I challenge you to do, spend more time in the Bible app, more time in prayer, more time in worship, more time in devotion with other people, more time in discipleship with other people. Watch how little your desire for TikTok goes down. You're like, well, I'm going to be socially and culturally relevant. Trust me. Jesus has been the single most culturally relevant thing that has ever hit planet Earth, and it's not going to change. People desperately want what you have. But we can't get our faces out of our phones for five minutes to tell them, and God forbid, show them who Jesus really is. I'm getting ahead of myself. I'm about to lose my mind. All right. So here's what God says about TikTok. I'm just going to lay it out. God says don't love anything in the world. Do not fall in love with it. God says he will provide a way out when you're tempted. He actually provided a way out before you're tempted. Put a limit on your screen time. God says who you hang out with is who you become. 
bunch of dingleberries. God says true life and peace is found in Jesus. What you are looking for on Instagram cannot be found on Instagram. It can only be found in Jesus. Do I want you to be a hermit, go out in the woods and burn all your stuff and just like get a burner cell phone from like Cricket Wireless? No. That's actually kind of funny. God says don't worship idols. Most of us aren't even aware that we are worshiping them. That's the truth. Listen, I'm not going to do this next one. Just so you guys know, you can put this first slide up, but we're not going to go and do it. I don't want to waste time on this one. Taylor Swift just came out with a video. What's the video called? The Man. I'm not going to play the video. We have the end of the video. That's actually Taylor Swift. She basically dresses up as a, as a lady. And basically what she's saying is she's making the point. Everybody's seen it and heard it. it. came out in the last couple of days. Here's basically what she's saying. If I were a man, this would have been easier. I would have had more opportunities. I would have made more money. People would have pandered to me. I would have had the world is basically my oyster. Is she wrong? Not really. What does the Bible say about how we're supposed to treat women? I'm just going to go straight to it. I'm going to hit the point. I'm not going to go through all this stuff. I don't want to show you the video, okay? What does the Bible say about women being treated equally? Galatians 3.28. There's neither Jew nor Greek. Back in the day, those are the two big groups. There's neither slave nor free. Back in the day, they had slaves. There's no male and female. They're not talking about there's some unisex or some whatever. I'm not talking about that. I'm just saying there are not guys and girls. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. We are all made in the likeness and in the image of God and should be treated equally, and he doesn't see us any different. Don't ever forget that. Men, I'm talking to you. Proverbs 31, 17 says she, talking about a godly, virtuous woman, she dresses herself with strength and makes her arms strong. Is she weak? No. Was she created to come under the covering of a man and a husband and a loving husband? Yes. But that's the only way that it works. She's not weak. She's meant to come under and tuck under, and his role is to protect and to provide for her. First uh, Peter 2.17, honor everyone, love the brotherhood. I'm not talking about band of brothers. It's not a war movie. The brotherhood It's talking about people, the people that you're in life with. It says fear God, Genesis 1.27. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Here's what God says about how we're supposed to treat women. God says, I made men and women in my image. Both. There's no difference. Should they have equal pay? Yes, 100%. Should they have the same opportunities? Yes, 100%. Do they only have a role in the home? No, 100% no. God has gifted you ladies. He has fearfully and wonderfully made you. You can do anything that anybody, listen, do not believe the lie. Don't go into an opportunity thinking that you can't do it. There may be more work for you because of the way that the world has treated you. I apologize. God says, honor everyone, and God says that he died on the cross for men and women. All right? All right, this is the last one we'll do, and then we're actually going to get to your questions. And this one is actually, it actually hit the news feed, and I'm just going to put it up there because I want to deal with this. This, this actually, um, it's kind of scary, but a man died inside of a suitcase, and his girlfriend was arrested after claiming that they were playing hide-and-seek. What does the Bible say about this? Honestly, I don't know. I just put that up there. That came in, into my feed today. I have no idea. I'm terrified of that. Don't play hide-and-seek. How do you fit into a suitcase? I don't know. I'm very scared, so scared right now. I mean, that, that's like, okay, get that off there. Yeah, that's, that's weird. We're not going to get an answer on that. I apologize. I'm going to tell you the truth, but I can't tell you that one. All right, here's what we're going to do, and I'm just going to tell you this. We're going to go straight to it, and you are wondering. There is an elephant in the room, and you're wondering, am I going to talk about it? The answer is yes. 
you asked every one of these questions, I have to do my very best to categorize them because I can't get to every single one of them. So there are similarities between some of these questions. I'm going to say what you may not have ever heard in church before, but you have desperately wanted a straight answer. And I'm going to tell you the answer. I'm not just going to tell you the answer. I'm going to tell you what the Bible says. What I am going to tell you is not my opinion. I'm not going to go into that. I'm going to tell you what the Word of God says, and I'm going to answer your questions. I'm going to read the questions that you sent in. I don't know who sent them, but I'm going to answer them. This first category is sexual immorality. And so the first one is, I have questions about masturbation. The second one is, I have questions about same-sex relationships. And then how do I talk to my friends about it? It's very interestingly worded that it is same-sex relationships. So let's just talk about LGBTQUIA. That's how far we're into it right now. LGBTQIA. That's not the last of the letters. They're going to keep coming. Why? Because it is an agenda and it is financed. And because people have a flag that they can follow because they know that they are being championed. Why? Because they are being seen and heard for the first time and they've been living in secrecy for way too long. I'm going to tell you what the Bible says about it. Now, I want you to know this. Uh, we have to lead and start this conversation first off with a really big word. What does the Bible say about sexual immorality? You're going to notice that I'm going to classify everything I just said, all three of those questions, as sexually immoral. And here's why that is important. Does God view those as any different? When we're talking about sexually immoral, let's talk about this. That could be that you were sleeping around. That could be that you are looking at pornography. That could be masturbation. That could be gay relationship, that could be same-sex marriage, that could be every bisexual, it could be any of those things. What we do as human beings is we classify those as different levels of something, and God doesn't view it that way. So he looks at it as one category. And I'm going to tell you what the Bible says about sexual immorality. Now, here's why I want to say that. We have people ask questions so often. Typically what happens is somebody will blast you on social media and they'll say something. Uh, this actually happened. Careful what you wish for. We put out there a little while ago for uh, just, we just said, hey, listen, we want to be praying for you guys. Is there anything we can pray for? And I thought it was a lady, to be honest with you. Gina knew better quickly. Um, this person gets on there and says, yeah, I want you to pray that Donald Trump loses in 2020. Oh, gosh. Okay. So I'm going to pray that God gives us wisdom as we vote. We're going to pray for the office of the president. I'm going to pray that the elections are safe, fair, whatever. And I'm trying, to, I'm trying to be nice. And I messaged and I said, listen, we'll do everything we can. I just want you to know we're praying for you. Comes back and this is within like 20 minutes immediately. Well, that's the classic typical answer. I don't understand why you people are such hypocrites against gays, lesbians, against also. I was like, whoa, how did we go from there to there? This is typically what happens. It happens on social media. Why? Because people want to fight about it because they don't know that you care. This is the word that you guys need to hear me on. Please hear me on this lead with compassion. When you are having a conversation with someone, compassion treats them as a human being that Jesus died on a cross for, and he doesn't see them as any less valuable than you, me, and am I right? Am I better than you? God doesn't view me that way, so lead with compassion. What would Jesus do if somebody came up in a crowd and asked that question? 
Here's what he would want to do. He'd want to be closer with them. They would want to be closer with him because they would know that he loves them. And he loves them so much, he's going to tell them the truth. So this person comes back and says, listen, um, that's so typical. I can't believe you guys do that. What's trash? I don't know why people are always doing this. It's just we're sick. It makes me sick the way the church treats people. And I, so I, got, I jumped in there, and that was a private message. I'm like, okay, let's take this offline for a minute. And I said, listen, I apologize to you. It sounds like somebody hurt you. It sounds like the church hasn't treated you well. And I just want you to know we love you. I care about you. And I want you to know that I am praying for you. Whatever you were going through, however badly someone has treated you, I am sorry. Am I going to stand on a street corner and hold up a sign and cuss at you while you drive by because I hate you? No. And if anyone has ever done that or treated you that way, I am sorry. I genuinely care about you, and I just want you to know I believe that God has a purpose and a plan for your life. Now we switch over. I'm like, Gina, I sent this over there. I'm letting her see all this stuff, and she's going, okay, that's great. Then this person sends us four audio messages, all one minute in length, exactly. And Gina heard it. You probably heard it, what, the first 20 seconds? She goes, Neil, that's a guy. Now it's a girl's voice, at least I thought, or girl's name, girl's profile. And their literally voice is quivering. This is the first time anybody ever talked to me like that. I don't understand why this is happening and I understand why people are so hurtful sometimes. Like, why are we so bad when I see somebody else on the other side of the street that they're having an affair? Why is it that they're not? Why are they not proud? Why are they not whatever? Why aren't you going after them? It starts going on and on and on. And what you can hear is hurt. Someone hurt this person. So I responded. I said, listen, I am so sorry. The church shouldn't be treating you that way. And I apologize on behalf of whoever else, but I just want you to know the Jesus that I am talking about would love you right where you are, and if you need something specific, we will pray. No answer. It was like 1.30 in the morning. 1.30 in the morning. We get a, it's less than a minute. It's a voice memo. Almost crying. Nervous. I have so much anxiety. I've got an operation coming up. I had to come off of my hormones. I had to come, what was the other, I don't know, medical stuff. I was like, I had to, I had to stop, I had to, come off of my testosterone or take a shot or whatever. It's basically, so this person is a hermaphrodite about to go through a sex change operation and sent us a message and said, will you please pray for me? That's just compassion. It's just listening to them. Now, I want to be very bold when I say this. What does the Bible say about sexual immorality? How are we doing? Is that really time? Or is that mine? Who's that? What does the Bible say about sexual immorality? I'm going to read you scriptures for a second. I want you to know something. When it comes time to baptize someone, this, this, this question happens all the time. Can someone who is in sexual immorality, can they get saved? 100%. Why? If you are lying and cheating on your taxes, can you get saved? Yes. It is no different to Jesus. He died on that cross because sin is sin is sin. Just because you don't like that one doesn't mean that they're trash and you're not. So we treat people that way. Listen. Be very careful about this. I'm not talking about accepting the sin. I'm talking about accepting the person. They have an eternal destiny. Jesus died on the cross for them, and we need to love them. So this is the way it's going to go. I'm going to read you the scripture. This is what the Bible says about sexual immorality. I want you to think about somebody who's cheating on their spouse. I want you to think about somebody who is masturbating. 
I want you to think about somebody who is watching pornography. I want you to think about somebody who is in a sexual addiction and can't break out of it. This is all under the category of sexual immorality. Here's what the Bible says. Get ready. 1 Corinthians 6.18, flee from sexual immorality. All other sins a person commits are outside the body, but whoever sins sexually sins against their own body. Hebrews 13.4, let marriage be held in honor among all and let the marriage bed be undefiled, for God will judge the sexually immoral and adulterous. 1 Corinthians 7.2, but because of the temptation to sexual immorality, each man should have his own wife and each woman her own husband. Matthew 5, 28, but I say to you that everyone who looks at a woman with lustful intent has already committed adultery with her in his heart. 1 Corinthians 6, 10, do not be deceived. Neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor men who practice homosexuality, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor revilers or revelers, I don't know how you say that, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. And Exodus 20, 14, you shall not commit adultery. Like it, not like it, accept it, not accept it. What does the Bible say about it? What does the Bible say about LGBTQIA? Did God make a mistake with somebody? Did he make a mistake? Are they battling something? Maybe. Are they looking for somebody to accept them? Maybe. What do I believe about it? The Bible says go love them. But do not accept for one second. Now listen, I'm going to tell you what New Life Church believes. We believe that marriage is between one man and one woman. It is in our bylaws. Will I do a marriage between two same-sex people? No. Why? Why would I want them to have anything less than God's best? If he designed it this way, why would I marry you and say, listen, I'm going to join the two of you in marriage, but there is no covenant agreement over that. God says that if you enter into a covenant agreement of marriage, his covering is over you. You've got to think of like an umbrella. His hand is over your marriage, and he's protecting that. What is he protecting? Marriage between one man and one woman. I'm not going to do it. Why? Because that says I'm willing to lie to you and tell you that this is okay. Am I going to baptize someone that I know? Listen, please get this. I'll go to jail for this. There will come a day. We will be so persecuted for saying what I'm about to say. Will I baptize someone who is in an openly same-sex relationship? My answer is no. Have we baptized people unknowingly? Yes. But let me ask you this. Have we baptized people who verbally abuse their wife? Yes. Have we baptized people who have lied on their 401k? Yes. Did we know about it? No, we're only human. We can only know what we can only know. Why will I not baptize someone? Because what I'm saying is, I'm basically saying baptism doesn't mean a whole lot. What is baptism about? It's a public display of your faith. And you're saying that my old self is under the water, and now I'm coming up as a public display of who I am in Christ. I am reborn. My old self is under the water. That's not what you're saying. If you have a flag that you are standing behind, what you're saying is, I'm proud of this, and I don't care if I go in the water and come out of the water, I'm still proud of this. That's not why Jesus did it. He said, do this. When God literally opens up heaven, he says, that's my son in whom I am well pleased. I don't want to set someone up for failure in that because we're actually, we're trashing what baptism really is. Knowingly, will I do it? No. Unknowingly, Probably, and we probably have. Does that mean that I'm angry, I'm upset? No, I just want God's best for him. That's what the Bible says. Now, the Bible says 
Jesus had compassion. We have to. I actually have done this wrong for so many years of my life, and I'm ashamed of it. Made fun of people. I've got family members that are gay. I made fun of them. When I found out they were gay, I was horrified. And I'm, I'm actually, I'm, it kind of hurts me, like deep down in the pit of my stomach. I'm, I'm sad. I just don't think that's the way the church, listen, we don't need to hold a sign up and yell at anybody. We just don't need to love the sin side of it. But there are things that everyone is dealing with. Listen, there are guys that sit in my office and they cheated on their spouse. It has ruined and wrecked their, their marriage. That's just sexual immorality. It's the exact same thing. I'm going to treat them the exact same way. I'm going to love you and I'm going to help you get through this. We can talk about genetics. We can talk about biology. We can talk about your upbringing. There are a lot of different things that go into that. We don't have time to get into that. Question number two. Listen, if you still have questions about that, and I don't know if that's the clearest that you've ever heard it, but I'm just telling you, we'll answer them to the best of our ability. Second category of questions. We got this one. I want to know about, what does the Bible say about toxic relationships? What does it say if I'm giving 100% of my friendship and this other person, they're giving me 10%. Do I even continue that relationship? Is it unhealthy? How do I love a friend but not accept a lifestyle and sin? This is underneath the category of being a good friend in a tough situation. I'm going to give you one scripture. Proverbs 27, 17 says, As iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. If you're giving 100% and the other person is giving 10, listen, I'm going to get to a scripture. Mm, I'll get to a scripture. I'll get to it because I want you guys to get this one. The Bible says, be careful because who you hang out with is who you become. Iron sharpens iron. If it is a toxic relationship, you need to distance yourself and put up some healthy boundaries. You need to set the standard and say, I'm not going to do this. I love you. I care about you. But until these things change, I want the best for you. I want to be a good friend to you. But I'm being a bad friend by just staying around. Just be healthy and just cut it off. All right. Number three, is it wrong to get a tattoo? This is a legit question. And I think it's a really good question. The amount of people in with tattoos in 2020 is actually one out of five. If we pulled everybody in here, it'd be one out of five. That is what the national average is. So here's where a lot of times people get it wrong because there really is only one scripture in the entire Bible that talks about tattoos. And I'm just going to read it to you. Leviticus 19.28. It says, you shall not make any cuttings in your flesh for the dead, nor tattoo any marks on you. I am the Lord. Do I think it is wrong to get a tattoo? Nope. That's not what the scripture says. We take it out of context, or at least my grandma does. So, I'm so sorry. The King James Version actually says, do not put any print marks on your body. That's what it says. When you dig deep down into this, this is Leviticus, so this is Hebrew. You have to dig around and you have to know the culture. Egyptians, they tattooed only their women. They tattooed parts of their anatomy because they believed it helped with fertility. In Canaan, in that region at the time, this is referred to, getting a tattoo is referred to cutting your body or cutting on your skin. Here's what it was. It was a ritualistic thing that showed your connection to cutting and honoring the dead, and it was basically evil. The Bible is saying, do not cut yourself in that way for those purposes. So before, so what is, what is, what do I actually believe here? Uh, that's what scripture says. Is there a scripture in the Bible that says don't do it? No. But I will say, you better read Proverbs and ask yourself, is this a wise decision? Before you go post Malone your face up, just think about this for a little bit because you're going to be in an interview at some point. You're going to be rocking a baby, a grandchild, and you're going to have to explain to them why it looks like you have a dead whale in your neck. And that's not a dead whale. It's just all your skin is sagged. You're going to have to answer that. Be careful about it. Be mindful about it. 
and think before you do it. That's all I'm saying. Is there anything wrong with it? No. Roman, no. All right. Uh, number four. This I'm going to put under the category of being a Christian. I'm a minute over. I don't know. I feel like your alarms are about to go off. How do I share the gospel? What is evangelism and how do I do it? How do I stay relevant but I don't conform to this world? I'm going to read you two scriptures. I literally just categorized this as being a Christian in 2020. And it's not easy. It is not easy to do this. And I'm going to tell you the easiest way that you can ever reach one of your friends. How do you not conform to the world, but how do you actually evangelize? And it's not what you think it is. I'm going to read this first. John 13, 34 and 35. It says, this is Jesus. This is actually on the night he's betrayed. This is moments before Pilate comes, betrays him. This is moments where this is his last moment with his disciples. How many, how many, ten, how many commandments are there? How many commandments are there? There's 11. This is the 11th. He says this. So now I'm giving you a new commandment. It's rare when Jesus says that. Love each other. Just as I have loved you, you should love each other. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you're my disciples. You want to know what this means? Listen, if you want anyone in 2020 to know the truth, show them by loving them. And if you love them the way that I have loved you, they'll know you're with me. They'll know it's the real thing. They'll know who I am by the way that you love each other. Just love them. Love somebody. Don't be stupid about it. I'm going to love through this even though they're hurting me. Even though I, No, I'm not talking about that. Show them the same love that Jesus showed them. They will know that what you're doing, who you are, is the real thing. They'll know it. They can't deny it. They're going to come to you. You won't have to say anything to them. They'll ask you what's different. Another scripture, James 5. This is the message translation. This is 19 and 20. I, I pray this scripture absolutely wrecks you. I pray this gets in your heart and it messes with you and it wakes you up in the middle of the night. This is the Holy Spirit talking through James. You ready? This is my dear friends, if you know people who've wandered off from God's truth, don't write them off. That's step one. Don't write them off. Number two, go after them. Step two. Step three, get them back. You will have rescued precious lives from destruction and prevented an epidemic of wandering away from God. I mean, think about something. Just, just think about this for a second. When somebody leaves church, do they leave deliberately? Do they go, you know what? I'm never going back there. The majority don't. Some do. They were hurt so bad. Somebody messed them up. It was bad. Most of them wander off. Literally, those three things. Don't give up on them. Go after them. Get them back. Bring them back. It doesn't say tell them to come back. It says bring them back. In doing so, you will have rescued, you basically will have prevented an epidemic of wandering away. I'm going to show you this. This will revolutionize. I don't know why Siri decided to do that. This, this is how. You'll never forget this. You can put that graphic up there, that last one. Show them. Don't you dare say a word. Show them, don't tell them. Show people the love of God, don't say a word. Why don't people believe what Christians say? Because they don't see it. They hear you say it, and they watch you do something totally different, and so they don't buy it. 
I'm just telling you the truth, guys. This is it. If we will show them, they will come and ask you. You won't have to say a word. Even when times get tough, they'll come back and still ask you. They'll know who to ask. They'll come to you. How do you evangelize? Put a stake in the ground and say, I'm not moving from this spot. I'm not going to cross that line, go against my personal convictions, go against what I think the Word of God says. I'm going to do my very best to lock in here and stick to my convictions. If you want to go, that you can, but I'm going to put a healthy boundary up and watch them. At some point, they will come back. Be very wise how you do it. Be a very good friend. Show people the love of God. Do whatever Jesus did. This is the last thing. The reason why I'm, I'm telling you all these things is the Bible has the answer and the truth that you were looking for. His name is Jesus. He's an incredible example. My challenge to you is don't Google your questions anymore. Just go to the Bible. I would even say this. I'm going to go, I'm going to go, this is going to sound ridiculous. If you have a question about something, don't even use your browser. Go in the Bible app. There is a search tool and type your question in there. It's not perfect. It's still made by humans. We're going to make mistakes. Search for it there. Ask somebody that you know and love and care for that is ahead of you in Scripture. Watch what happens. Now, the reason why this is important that you know how to do this is we will wander away and we will not even realize it. So do you know how you put the wolves up there? Last picture. Do you know how Eskimos kill wolves? What they do is they soak a knife in blood. It freezes. They then soak it again in blood, and it freezes. They then soak it again in blood, and it freezes. When a wolf comes around and starts attacking whatever livestock they have, they put the knife out in the middle of the snow, on a stump, somewhere where they can get it. That wolf can smell that blood from a long way off. It comes up, and what does it do? It starts licking it. The taste of blood masks the fact that they are now licking a knife, they have cut their tongue, and they are bleeding out and don't realize it. That's how you kill a wolf. The enemy wants to kill, steal, and destroy you, and we are being lured away from the truth because Google is so available, and we're going to the wrong things, and we don't even know it. Just be careful where you spend your time. Is TikTok bad? No, not inherently. Is any of that stuff bad? No, not inherently. Anything that takes your energy, your focus away from God, we're worshiping the wrong thing. We're comparing ourselves to other people. We're falling into a performance trap. You're trying to keep up with somebody else, and you're never going to find peace there. I just love you too much for you to believe a lie. Like the truth is, God has a better purpose and a better plan for your life than anything you're ever going to see on social media. Anything you're going to find on Google. Is it incredibly resourceful? Yeah, it's very helpful. Don't, don't let that be your source, okay? I'm going to pray for you. Do me a favor and stand up.